welcome to another episode of the Lovers and Things podcast. Where your favorite couple's favorite couple talks, talks about, about the, the things, things they, they love. love. Look at us. <sighs> Did that one feel good? That intro? Always feels good. Ugh, love to hear it. Hi, everyone. My name is Lex. And I'm Greg. And yeah, welcome back to another week of musings. Tings. Tings and dim. Lovers and tings. <laughs> Very excited to be back. I hope you all had an amazing week. As always, check in, check in. How are we feeling today? How are the vibes? Yeah, I hope you y'all know? staying dry. Oh my or- gosh. Uh, yeah, dry. For us in the Northeast, yeah, very important. Like it's stormy in the South, no? Is it stormy for y'all in the South? You know, we only know East Coast life, so no, we're we're <laughs> you know we're um, cross continental, so we have to take care of our peoples on both sides yeah. of the. How's the weather? Mason Dixon. Yeah, now that we're fi- <laughs> the Mason Dixon, now that we're officially in fall, how are you feeling, babe? Ooh, are well, you, you feeling pumpkin me, spicy know. as we discussed last week? None of that, but <laughs> you know, I really, I really get into my villain era during oh, fall winter. Oh, oh, this you know, is this is where me. this is where my tr- my true looks come out. Oh, by looks I mean L E W K. Oh, okay. okay, looks, looks. You know, I, you know, this is where the the grizzly sweaters come out. Right. You know the 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 tapered pants. Right. The the distressed fabrics, the yeah. chunky boots, uh, chunky. Um, you know, this is where I dig the and then the 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 bleak coat. Mm. Okay, that dark bl- and bleak I know that's right. coat. I love that that you adjective. Know, I really dig into this like uh, this super villain aesthetic, mm. and I love it. And I you love know, that for all, you. All color is gone. Yeah. All color is gone. And Who I, is and she? I dig Don't into it. Te- fabric texture and heft. <laughs> this is what I lean into. <laughs> and heft. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying today. Uh, you know, I wore my first chonky sweater. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Um, you I guys thought about may have you in that sweater it. all day. Yeah, when I, I I post I posted myself on it. Yeah, it's my chonky sweater. I've also posted a reel about this this same exact look. Oh yeah, it's um, a good one actually. But yeah, I love the grizzly sweaters. Mm. So I, I I'm you know I've broken that seal and yeah. Pandora's box is open and I'm d- diving head first mm-hmm. into the sweater the sweater season. I love that for you. Yeah. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> What's that? What, are you, are you I, exploring you, your wardrobe? You have or? such a robust collection of sweaters, and I, I am leagues behind you. I have to try to catch up. Are you a sweater mama, though? Are you a sweater mama? Um, transparently, since we've moved up here, I've only been t- through one winter in which I needed multiple sweaters, so I uh-huh. don't know. Okay. <laughs> through 2020 and now, I, there's been two almost three winters in which mm-hmm. I've j- been in, you know, the same sweatsuit, the same yeah. two sweatsuits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Maybe it's time to expand. It's time to expand because I also want to be a grizzly gal. Mm-hmm. I want to be a grizzly gal with grizzly you. Grizzly gal. <laughs> 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 no, that's, you could try it out. Um, a rough and tumble textured sweater mm-hmm. mama. Yeah. Yeah. Very I feel nice. like a, a sweater dress would look good on you. Okay. Sweater dress. Mm-hmm. I know that'll work for you. I'm going to take note of that. Take note of that. I need a sweater dress. Yeah. So That's I know you've been ex- you've been expanding your wardrobe. I have. Have I you have. made any sweatery acquisitions? I, well, just a few, but none of again none of which are um, close to what you have in your closet. But yes, expanding the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I think I have some knits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like sweaters to me are like things, but yeah. I have I have um, some nice knits. 
like shirts and things like that, blazery type things. So like those sort of textiles. Okay. But nothing that's like sweatery per se. Okay. So what what is the what is the vibe for fall for you? What oh, what are you leaning into? What the is vibe the, uh, for me, guys? The, is, the, the the what is it gonna be? It. I'm really leaning into goth chic. Okay. I don't even know if that's your thing. Or maybe it's like corporate golf, if okay, possible. Yeah, I like that. I like where we're going with <laughs> but, this. But um, we're going neutral dark tones. I really want to play around with leathers and knits, as we mm-hmm. were explaining. Really monochromatic, but also like, you know, playing around with platform shoes and things like that. And lots of layered jewelry. Yeah. Like that sort of silvery sort of vibe yeah. yeah so that's what i'm giving that's what i'm giving um i don't know if any other black girl does goth chic but if you do in the corporate environment please drop me a line so we can collab oh so like my look <laughs> is a little bit dark and your look is getting dark so yeah. we, we might we should probably like do maybe uh maybe like post a look together that could be a thing oh yeah that could be a I thing feel like we, that sounds like similar wavelength as what i'm what i'm uh, into yeah i think so i mean that's why we're you know I mean, your favorites couple favorite we gotta feed the, feed the people <laughs> with um, these looks yeah definitely so yeah once i get into my new flow of outfits and things i'll yeah, yeah. i'll share for sure nice very nice i have another update though what's been up what's been up um i saw my friends uh this weekend Uh Uh, i was so happy so um two of my uh friends here in um i can't even again i can't call them zumba friends anymore i met them through zumba but they're like my real life friends yeah um so they came over for the first time and i think that's the first time we've ever hosted non-family at the house so I was really excited about that because you guys know our backstory. We're um, tram- transplants to New Jersey and right. like trying to build our community and think stuff here. Really important. And these two women are amazing and um, have really just been so kind to me. We've built this really cool friendship over the last couple of years. But it was the first time coming over to the house. Um, all of us just happened to be reality TV show lovers. And we love Love is Blind. Oh, the drama. <sighs> love is Blind is a Netflix exclusive highly rated won a couple of awards um you've probably heard yeah it's an award-winning reality tv show (laughs) (laughs) most toxic for sure um (laughs) most likely to inflict lifelong trauma check um but yes and so um we've watched television at each other's houses all you know back and forth or whatever so it was my turn to host and i was so excited to do it because again it's like christening our home with friends um but then also i was just i hadn't seen them since i had my knee injury Mm. um which is was difficult for me because frankly like zumba in that community is a lot of my social time right and um not being social for two months will mess with your head Mm. (laughs) like i really felt like i need to see people um so they came over and we watched all four episodes the first four the first four episodes um recently released of season five so walk me through this uh this this gathering oh when i heard about this i thought it was just sat down and and press play it was but apparently apparently it's more than that because our entire six person Mm -hmm. dining room table yep was covered in food (laughs) for absolutely three women yes (laughs) 
So here's the thing about all three of us. All three of us are lively, fun personalities who are also family oriented and understand the um, rules of gatherings. Oh, there are rules. There are rules to gatherings, especially if you're a hostess, you understand this. The rules to gathering are, you know, especially when you're doing something like this is usually bring something if you will. Right. Right. If you like, you know, bring something. And usually that's what we do when we get together. Okay. This particular group, everyone brings a little bit of something. Um, and all of us just happen to love food. So the menu becomes robust because everyone wants to bring their own little dish and all of it sounds delicious. And that's exactly what happened. The variety the of dips. Oh my gosh. There was buffalo dip, vegan buffalo dip, chicken buff, buffalo Artichoke. dip. Oh my gosh. One of my Spinach friends made a crab buffalo dip. There was a, I made a, um, a spinach and artichoke dip. Mm. Um, and um, by the way, the key to a good spinach and oh, artichoke wait, what dip. What is this? this, this you about to drop a I'm a dropping hint? a gem. Get your pencils. I'll give okay. you a minute. Things we love. Things <laughs> we love. The key to a good spinach and artichoke dip is marinated artichokes. Don't get the regular ones, beloved. Mm. Get the ones that are marinated in spices. But anyway. So you're adding. I'm adding. You're um, you're um, like, you know, upgrading. Yeah. The dip. Just a, with the marinated artichoke. Exactly. You have to. You have to. Um, but back to the party. But yes, all sorts of dips. There were brownies and cookies and chips galore. I made mm. some wings. Oh there my was goodness. a lasagna. Delicious. Um, shrimp as well of the Shrimps. fried variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but and all of, of this. Uh, you had a, uh, a cold salad, shrimp salad thing. Oh, yeah. But I didn't put that out. Oh, mm-hmm. was I ended that just up, for you? you? Well, no, it was supposed to be for the group. But when I had mentioned in the group that I had also got a shrimp salad, one of the other girls was like, but I'm already bringing shrimp. And I was like, OK, you won. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> can't the have spread, two y'all, the spread. It was delightful. I have never seen that as much food in my life for I so few it. people. For so few people. <laughs> so, you know, of course, three women. <laughs> I saw that this was too much for y'all to bear. So, of course, I helped out. Okay. Right, yeah, you so know, I fixed myself a plate or three, <laughs> and uh, you know, them wings were winging, yeah, and uh, them shrimps were hitting. Ooh, the lasagna was also a lasagna. That lasagna, oh man, the brownies. Okay, okay, oh, yeah. okay. love is blind, love is blind. <laughs> um, but yes, and so, um, our girls' night would end. Would, also ended up being gr- girls plus Greg night. Yeah, <laughs> it was the girls because you got Greg me night. on the um. <laughs> so like I like these things because I like this sh- these shows because it's crazy. Yeah. However, when I knew that you had a girls thing, mm-hmm. uh, like a show, uh, like you guys were gonna hang out, mm-hmm. I was like, this will be the perfect time for me to get into this battlefield one, <laughs> right? <laughs> and commit war crimes on my computer right. for hours. Um, he was like, great. But then you got me on that first episode. I know. And I didn't expect you to stay either. I was like, oh, he's going to, you know, you know, patron the ladies, be a good host. And then he's disappearing to yeah, the back. That was my plan. I had my chair right by the exit, <laughs> you too. Did. You were like, mm, I'm out of here. Um, but we all ended up staying and I think enjoying it. It's filled with all of the um, tumultuous energy that is now accustomed or attributed to Love is Blind. Um, and if you're not familiar with this show, essentially, it is an, a social experiment in which um, heterosexual men and women both opt into the experience where 
they will essentially blind date each other for right. about 10 days or so. Behind walls. Um, behind walls. So literally all they're doing is speaking to each other. They can't see each other. And they also cannot ask prying questions about like race, ethnicity, you know. Physical and features. Physical features as not to spoil, you know, the experiment. And the goal is for people to find their soulmate through those walls because love is indeed blind. That's the theory. The theory is if you can fall in love with the person, the soul, yeah. the heart, the energy, then it won't matter what they look like. Uh-huh. How did that work out? Yeah, I, it doesn't <laughs> most of the time, right? But it's the process of getting through right. it and the drama and the disappointment and the tears. Television. and Oh, so good. So the first four episodes did not disappoint. And I will not spoil it for you all because it is new, but... I am going to say we're going to talk about one couple in particular. It's, how new is this? When did it come out? When did the last episode come out? I think it's out? been out for like a week or so. A, a week? But you just never know. I think. Okay. Oh, well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. How are we going to get into this? Yeah. Ding dong, ding dong, spoiler alert. Pause it if you haven't watched it. Yes. You can get through four episodes in one evening, obviously, because <laughs> Lex and Co. <laughs> did such a thing. Uh, and then watch it. You know, I think this is coming out on Wednesday. So wa press pause, watch it Wednesday night. Yeah. And then resume on Thursday. Yes. And if you just ain't going to watch it anyway, then keep yeah, listening. Keep listening. Listen to the, the, the fodder, the, the lunacy. <laughs> so um, all these, again, there are couples that come out of this experiment. None of them, none of the couples that we have seen thus far are even close to being as interesting as this one couple. Um, and it is Uche and mm -hmm. Aaliyah. Yes. So Uche is a 34-year-old entrepreneur and lawyer. Aaliyah is a 29-year-old ICU nurse. Uh -huh. And so they make a connection in the pods, right? Yeah. Um, they're laughing with each other. They're just, they just feel an energy. Aaliyah's really, really mm -hmm. bubbly and fun. And they look like a good-looking couple, Yeah, too. they both they look good. You know, they don't know yeah. that they look good yet, but they but look like, good oh, together. This looks nice. I was rooting for them. Yeah, because oh, they... Um, I was rooting for them. <laughs> I guess I, am I still rooting for them? Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> TBD. Um, Uche uh, is a little less bubbly than Aaliyah. He seems to be really methodical and logical and, and not as bright, but that could work. Maybe they balance each other out, as we said. Wait, when you say not as favorite. bright, what yeah. do you mean? Intelligence? Like bright, no, bright, bubbly. Oh, bubbly. Of an okay, energy. got it. Okay. A light energy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so, you know, you're kind of rooting for this couple. They're getting to know each other. And then the red flags start to sail in. Red flags? With Uche. Mm, what's the red flag? The ultimate red flag and why I'm even bringing up this couple is that Uche did something in the pods that I think is a huge red flag and I have seen happen in real life too. Mm. And I think this particular type of personality, there's something we can take away from this. So... They were having a conversation, and of course, in the pods, you're supposed to be transparent, your most authentic self. Yeah. And so Aaliyah opens up to Uche. Um, he asks her, hey, you know, have you ever cheated? And she's like, honestly, yeah. Two mm -hmm. years ago, I cheated on my boyfriend. It wasn't the right thing to do. Whatever. Yeah. You know, the normal response to that is... Uh, Oh, oh, okay. Okay, you cheated. It sounds like you're remorseful. And then maybe at that point you dig into it, yeah, right? Walk Figure me out what through happened. What happened? How do your what are your thoughts now that you've been through that? Right. Like, you know, kinda because that's kinda the reason typically when you ask people for their history mm -hmm. is you kinda wanna, you know, get to a point of vulnerability. 
but also understand their thought process after these events. Yes, that is that's true. Because that usually shows a bit about their character, their personalities, and how they have you know grown from mm-hmm. certain situations mm-hmm. however <laughs> however while that is the normal approach or at least in an approach that you take when you're trying to get to know someone safely and warmly um uche then decides to go into lawyer mode i will say and start to question Aaliyah about you know everything from her her reasoning what he would have done, what the right thing to right. do was. Like, he's just like... Berating, essentially. Yeah, like. berating her. And um, coming out of that, or coming into that conversation, I think he wasn't displaying these sort of um, uh, behaviors, right? Mm, like, and sensitive. So, like, he, it wasn't... Sen- he was not... He was very insensitive. Yeah, insensitive. You would have thought she cheated on him. Yeah. Last and it's night, just like, the way he was talking to her about something that happened two years ago yeah. with a past relationship uh, in her early to mid-20s. Like, it's like... Yeah. He was going really hard in the paint. And I just feel like a switch happened is what I was trying to say. Like, he had never up until this point displayed any sort of what I would think to be aggression, really. He was yeah. really aggressive with her. and But then something flipped. And yeah. in that moment, he went from Uche the okay guy to Uche the how dare you woman, you're beneath me <laughs> in yeah. like 30 seconds. It was as if like all um, grace and love kind of just went out the window. And it was like... He went into prosecutor mode. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was very jarring to the point where uh, Aaliyah starts crying and yeah. like, and I think she gets up and leaves. She had to leave, and I the think... room because they're in rooms talking to each other yes. behind the walls. Mm-hmm. So she left the room, um, and we come to find out later that, or even in that conversation, that Uche actually had cheated himself. He cheated himself, <laughs> yeah, he, but he disqualified his cheating and made it seem like it was worse than her cheating because he was only eighteen and you know it was, you know, it was like, no not not what you did something totally different which is so weird like that's such a weird thing to like sit through it's like yeah like I what like we're here talking and being vulnerable to each other how do you betray my vulnerability with this mm-hmm. uh, very insensitive back and forth like it was odd. So she goes running back, yeah, and she goes into this arm in the arms of her friend Lydia. Yes, at the time, and Lydia's soothing her and consoling her and all that. And Lydia is another woman who is in the experiment. Um, she is a thirty-two-year-old geologist. Yeah, um, very interesting woman. And so her and Lydia have developed this relationship. I don't know how quickly this relationship developed, but I mean, it happened, I guess. Yeah. So they have this friendship, and they're being. All is crying. They are up on each other. They uh, are like <laughs> in uh, each other's face, tied by the hip. They yeah. are. You can see this like friendship and like trust growing and building, and 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 Lydia's there mm-hmm. to help uh, Aaliyah when Uche is acting out. Yeah. But then she's saying like some very particular things along this, and she's like, "Oh, you know, you know, you know, I Uche's he's or she's like kind of pointing out that." he he's not a good guy and for what he's doing and and like she sees the similarities and mm-hmm. and what and and who they are so she can empathize for her what she's feeling yeah and so that is happening um and so you know Aaliyah feels that you know U- uj came strongly she didn't appreciate being belittled in that way she shares that with him 
um, in their next meeting. And during this next meeting where she shares this with him, Uche then thinks that it is the appropriate time to then share with her because now we're being transparent. Yeah. Um, is that he's actually dated someone that is in this experience with him. And that person is... Lydia. Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, folks. The woman who has become best friends with Aaliyah, the woman who consoles her when Uche, you know, hurts her feelings. Lydia is the ex. Lydia is his ex. And Lydia knows that Uche is there as well. Yes, she does. Because they actually, you know, because again, everyone in this experiment blind dates each other. She blind dated Uche on the first day in the experiment and <laughs> realized that they were there yeah, together. She recognized his voice. Recognized his voice. And she was like, oh, I know him. And actually. She, and he didn't. He <laughs> oh, yeah. He did not recognize her voice. It took Which, him a while. Um, you know, um, says a lot. But all of this to say, the only point of all of that is to say two things. One for me, um, and it is going to be that you got to watch out for men like Uche. Mm. Men like Uche who find ways to highlight your flaws and really dig into them in sort of that passive aggressive way. Yeah. Like, you know, you Stress make a mistake. On them and like, yeah. And like really hone in on them. And yeah. People who the are comfortable. Like the dead horse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People who are comfortable calling out your flaws. Be careful of those sort of people, even in platonic relationships, because friendships and even relationships are supposed to be places where people can call out your flaws because they want you to be your better self, Mm -hmm. but never to the detriment of your feelings and never in a way that makes them feel greater than you. It should always come out of love. And so when Uche was doing that, I got the ick immediately and I knew something was wrong. He was going hard in the paint. It was very, it was was very unsettling. Mm hmm. It's like, bro, like, relax. First off, this is two years ago. Like, yeah. it was very shocking to 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 receive a response, and then to come to find out that he and he, you know, wait, this is my problem. I'm go- the fact that he said I dated someone on a show. Meanwhile, that when you hear the word dated, to me, it's like you went on a coffee date, you went to a movie together, and yeah. then you guys just kind of gr- didn't really want to continue. Mm-hmm. It was a whole relationship. That's an yeah. entire ex. Yeah, come to find out they dated quite for quite for f- a long time. Months. A couple like, of months. Uh, three months, I think they said. Yes, and it also came out in the conversations later on between Lydia and Aaliyah that they had had sex three months before. <laughs> the tape, that the, moment. The taping, yeah, from that day. <laughs> a recent um, ex. Yeah, all of 90 days ago. <laughs> he got the nerve to be, to be leaning into Aaliyah. For cheating on some other guy in the Two past. Two years ago. Wow, this guy is a wild boy. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I just feel like it's a it's one of those things where it's like you got to be careful of people like that because anyone who is so ready to point out everyone else's flaws has mm-hmm. far more <laughs> right. going on. Have to be. Because um, it's just like, you know, w- what are you trying to, to hide right. by always pointing out the fact that I am flawed? Right, and or, you literally betrayed the person you're talking to yes. by not being transparent yes. in the fact that, Hey, by the way, one of the girls on, on set that you're, that you're going to maybe be interacting with is one of my exes. Mm-hmm. So just, Hey, full transparency. Just yeah. want to let you know. So you, you're aware when you're out here yeah. in these streets, mm-hmm. uh, Judging in these uh, love compass. is blind streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that was super creepy. Uh, but to me, the creepiest was, yeah. um, 
Lydia's like odd obsession with Aaliyah and how she was mm-hmm. she was so latched onto Aaliyah um throughout all this while knowing that Aaliyah's building a connection with her ex. Yeah, that's very true. And, d- and also was not transparent and also did not tell Aaliyah her quote unquote mm-hmm. best friend we are exactly the same mm-hmm. that you know hey by the way the guy you're talking to i had an entire relationship with yeah mm-hmm. both uche and lydia displayed um terrible judgment and <laughs> not yeah. being honest about how they dated each other but to your point lydia i would say more so because she had become so close with Leah so quickly in the pods and now i can't say that it was genuine i can't yeah, honestly can't. say she did it um, out of the because she really connected with her. So, um, lesson learned, folks. In the first four episodes of Love Is Blind, we've learned that you know people be sneaky, people be sneaky, <laughs> and be and trying was, to make you feel bad and crazy when they the crazy ones. Exactly, <laughs> it's insane. It was so creepy how Lydia was like. Then when Aaliyah came back crying, she like immediately was like, "Oh, you know, you know," yeah. and then like then went on this really creepy mm. like. Uh, rant mm-hmm. to the point like where Aaliyah was asking her to stop talking about how we're exactly the same mm-hmm. it was it was like well, <laughs> that's the creepiest thing I've ever seen it was like we're exactly the same mm-hmm. um you know you know I, I I know everything about him if if you have any if you want to know anything about him just ask me I could tell you and, and Aaliyah's like um no allow me to have my experience with this guy I don't want to hear you know stories about your relationship with yeah, him that's it's creepy. weird it's weird and then she goes into like yeah i had I, I know his friends i know what kind of car he drives and you know and his friends and i you know we went to these parties <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> said we what? went to a couple of events we went to, oh these <laughs> events which i'm like i was Whoa. like what kind of <laughs> where did y'all go yeah we're just like there's some eyes wide shut type of events <laughs> <laughs> events girl Yo, that is you, you probably not divulge, divulge that but um yeah she was it was really traumatizing to watch Aaliyah go through that. Yeah, and I felt really bad for her. And she just reminds me of such a beautiful, sweet, and open soul. And sometimes those type of energies for people who are predatory are just like, you know, mm-hmm. just waiting to be taken advantage yeah. of. And I feel like that's what happened to her. So, so many lessons learned yeah, in, that was wild. in the beginning. Some life lessons brought to you by Love is Blind. Yeah, Don't be trusting like, these I'm people. Like, um, Tyler Perry. Or James Cameron, one of y'all. <laughs> Them is not even right. The y'all need to make a movie about this. <laughs> Yo, get Spielberg out here. Uh, make a movie about that because that it's, would be super creepy. It's actually that like, storyline. Obsessive friend yeah. that like gets close to you as you're brood like brooding this relationship mm-hmm. with someone else, and they're like seeing themselves through you. Weird. Because you're dating their ex. It's weird. That's a uh, you know what's a movie? What's the movie? Uh, was Beyonce in this? Or I never J-Lo remember. Or obsessed. I, I I never remember the name of this movie. Is it obsessed with Beyonce? Idris Elba. That'd be a good obsession um, or something. But either any one of those classic uh, psychological thrillers where there's a a jealous uh, lover or a a scorned lover yep. like or someone that's delusional mm-hmm. uh, and uh, stalkerish mm-hmm. like that's like I'm ready for another film like that yeah. starring Lydia. Uche and Aaliyah. 
And they at this point they need they spin it off. They need <laughs> right. to spin off. I don't care I about anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about anything else. Yeah, but that um, was wild. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I would recommend Love is Wine. I know some of us aren't the biggest fans of reality TV, but if you like the psychology of people, if you find matchmaking interesting, if you think love is interesting or the prospect of love is interesting, that show actually is a good watch. Yeah. So you'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. Uh, it's perfect for a girl's night get a glass of wine because it's stressful (laughs) it's a lot oh boy so what else is going in the world i think we've got some pop culture news (laughs) not pop culture i think this the pop culture segment pop Pop culture culture. what constitute pop culture Um, culture. but one of the things i saw on the internet and i'm not really i don't care much about this but i saw this <laughs> happening and like people are going up about this i love but, that you uh, say that i don't care about this but, but like travis kelsey who's a uh tight end for like um the kansas city kansas city chiefs yeah. football team uh taylor swift apparently they're dating and taylor swift was spotted at the game in the in the box like the skybox and they're like you know like classic they zoom in on the skybox showing them celebrating touchdowns and all that stuff so and then they drove off together apparently there's they're a whole couple yeah the girls are upset about it the Um, girls are upset what yeah the black girls are mad about it and i get it you know i get it (laughs) (laughs) okay um because i too could care less um, but then when I was reading the comments of the shade room where I stumbled upon this information okay. and I read the comments of my fellow black and brown sisters, I understand the pain okay. because it's like Travis Kelsey, y'all know, y'all, and I ain't got to say too much, he, but y'all know. He's Travis, got a brush cut. Yeah. Let's Travis Kelsey <laughs> was a brush cut white man. You know what I mean? Yo, the one who like. Like a Paul Wall circa 05. Yeah. Very much <laughs> so. But just like athletic. And so, mm. like, he's chill. He was always invited to the barbecue. Like, yeah, he's yeah. that kind of vibe. Used to dress well. Like, the things. But then he also dated black women, right? So, it's like, you. Mm-hmm. there was sort of, like, one, like one for the us. team. Yeah, you know, like, he felt, <laughs> it felt like he belonged. <laughs> In the community. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, he had the full beard, brush cut, whole thing, right? Yeah. He's, he's, I went to school with white boys like that. Yeah. yeah, in the South. Yeah, you know the ones. South Florida, yeah. <laughs> it's a particular mm-hmm. type. Um, so when this news became public, and then there were also photos circulating of Travis Kelsey in a regular white man haircut and whoa, whoa. a a mustache. Oh, he's losing the sauce. He, he had a regular white man haircut, no shade. And then he also <laughs> no longer had a beard, but just had the thick handlebarish mustache oh he's losing the sauce and then we come to find out he's dating Taylor Swift it's like a death mm. in the family oh, you know because I was going to make a t- <laughs> death in the family <laughs> he lost a fallen soldier a fallen soldier <laughs> well you know I was going to say I, I was like you know if any celebrity I could see him with I, you know I could see him with Megan Thee Stallion you know that's what I was thinking I was thinking. like I could see that that's like a nice couple like someone thick you know <laughs> <laughs> From Houston. Him, yeah, I always saw him with somebody <laughs> with cake. Um, so the fact that Taylor Wait, Swift was yeah. seen with his mama the other day, I said, "Oh, Yo. it's over for us girls." Yeah, you know, the internet ain't, ain't a mess. Is is a mess because then there's footage of her cleaning up 
after the the game was over. Mm-hmm. You know, like putting away dirty cups. <laughs> it is that's the classic girlfriend that comes is, over to your like a family outing and wants to look good. Yeah. So she's like, Oh, I get these dishes. Yeah. Like, I do that to up. this day. I'd be like, Can I can I watch? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lex back there frying the grill. I'm like, what? I ain't never seen Lex fry grill now one time in her life. Don't worry about and that. And now she's back there. Yeah. Making sauce pois. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was so funny. Um, the internet is just so hilarious. Yeah, it is. Because the, the internet is nothing but a bunch of bored people <laughs> looking at stuff and then just firing off their jokes. Yeah, it's firing a off good their time. Jokes. But yeah, so your take on that is it's you know we've lost i mean you've he's already you can see him like you know i don't know apparently he's lost an affinity stone or two he where has. he's kind of like losing a bit of his uh his his sauce yeah it in happened. that regard it's like so immediately. It, it seems natural at this point you're not that like surprised is what you're getting at? i mean i am surprised because i i mean i'm surprised and i guess i'm a little hurt for the community but then when i <laughs> When I saw the photos of what he looks like now, I'm like, well, I mean, it is what it is. Like, yeah. he's going back to his roots. Um, he had a good time. Mm-hmm. He's going to miss this, the chicken and the, the seasoned food, but it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, you know, speaking of Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. um, apparently the mama, Ke- Kelsey's mama, mm-hmm. Donna Kelsey, is racking up Infinity Stones in the, uh, for the, the All-American White Woman infinity gauntlet because <laughs> she has two sons in the nfl that's cr- crazy and she's about to have a daughter-in-law in taylor swift yeah Yo, she's she's racking them up she's racking them up i mean she's just like peak southern white mom right. you can't beat her there. she's getting there she, is she who's, bags who's more taylor who's swift there? as a daughter-in-law like what what she one snap I and get, she's got the whole planet give her a country music award and she don't even sing right like it just feels like, like honorary, she's right honorary there country music <laughs> Un- award. honorary just what's, like she did it like what's like the one other stone she could get if she gets in she got she has the two sons mm-hmm. in the nfl mm-hmm. classic if mm-hmm. she gets taylor swift as a daughter-in-law what else secured um, we're talking like a daytime television show and then she's got them all yeah yeah a like, daytime television that, show for sure she will like if she the one to rule them all if she takes over kelly clarkson's spot during daytime Whoa. done oh my god or this What's is a that? little easier to achieve mm. but if she ends up by way of a judging board of her peers winning mm. like a casserole baking competition okay. national or even better, a cookbook deal. It's a wrap, yo. Imagine the tour on that. And it's got to be Southern. It's got to be Southern cooking, Is sponsored southern by, by, I think, I mean, co- country and Midwest be the mm. same to me. What about, I, I'm getting Countess, uh, was it the count, the black contestant? What's that, what, what's that woman's Ooh, name? Ooh, no, no, no. She's more, name? I don't know. I feel like she's a mix she's of. She's like a New Englander. She's, what's a barefoot contesta? She gives me a mix of barefoot contesta and Paula Dean, oh. but it's because. Because of the blonde hair. That's what the world needs, though, a mix of them, too. Because Paula Dino fell so. off bad. I mean, we haven't you know. spoken her name in yeah, years. She's, you know, the, the, you can't get past racial no, racial slurs. You can't uh, do that. But uh, the Barefoot Contessa, you know, you know, that's the one person mm-hmm. that I, you know, I am. that's the only person I'm jealous of mm. in life. She lived a life. She's so cool. Or lives a life. She ain't she's gone. so cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All she does is is take these HGTV people money or yeah. Food Network people money, yeah. and take care of her husband. That's all she do. <laughs> like and that's life a, goes and, for me. And make a meal every now and then, right? And drop these five cookbooks and be so 
chill and cool on television. Yeah, I used to remember watching her on Food Network. Yeah, and just being like, "Wow, she just really she be cooking, but cooks in a way where like it feels regular." And yeah, she just be well. I'm gonna do this, and we're gonna add this, and it just be regular stuff. Really, yeah. she will like cackle when <laughs> she puts like a cup of butter or and something. Just so, mm, and wholesome. she's she's like. You know, joie de vivre, like just mm-hmm. enjoying life. She, she, when she's done cooking, she call her husband around the corner because yeah. he's always just waiting, yep. pending in the corner mm-hmm. for the food to be finished. And mm-hmm. he comes around happy as can be. Yeah. And they cut into that new pie. Yeah. And just enjoy, live their best life. That's right. life goals, barefoot contestant. Absolutely. And so I think if Kel- Travis Kelsey's mama slides into that spot, mm. Again, cookbook sponsored by Campbell's, two or three casserole recipes. Right. She's television done it. show, cook cooking television show. Yeah. Now here's one to win them all. This yeah. is ultimate like Thanos level. Okay. She gets a show, a judge show, <laughs> <laughs> a daytime judge show. <laughs> like you know, like how you know how like they just give random people judge yeah. shows. Yeah. Because back in the day, it used to be Greg Mathis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Judge Judy, absolutely actual legally. Act, people with actual legalese. Yeah. Right? Now everybody got a judge. A, yeah. Steve Harvey had one. I was just about to mention the Steve Harvey one. I stumbled upon it on um, Maverick Black. Um, <laughs> yes, he had a judge show. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, so, okay. so that's up for grabs, yo. <laughs> it's definitely up for grabs. Miss Pat has one. Comedian Miss Pat. I don't know she if you're does. Familiar. I she am. Has, she, it's I a new one. It's her came podcast. Out. Yes. Yeah. So, like, that's that's the ultimate yeah snap and she's she got them all i love it absolutely she's well on her way i mean god does indeed have favorites apparently yeah. and she's one of them <laughs> mm-hmm. wow good stuff but well, what do you guys think i mean my fellow women of the community how did you feel about travis kelsey did you feel like that we had you know you know we had had one over on our one. team but like do you, i mean what what's the vibe now are mm-hmm. we just is he still an honorary member or do we have to let him go do we have to I let him go? Apparently, he's, you're saying he's left. Yeah, but I'm saying for the that's my opinion. For y'all, <laughs> I mean, once you uh-huh. once you get rid of your brush cut, ain't Ooh, no coming you back. See why I hold on to mine, y'all. Yeah, ain't no coming back. But maybe y'all are, are a little more forgiving. Yeah, sound off. Um, an, another scandal. <laughs> Child scandal. Uh, Fifty Cent posted this image. This like a it's like a rendering, not a real photo, obviously. Okay. But it's like. Young Mike Jackson handing the crown Who? to Chris Brown. Young Michael Jackson handing the crown, crown, a crown oh, to Chris Brown. Gotcha, gotcha. Essentially, like handing over the legacy of Michael Jackson. Oh yes, I think I've is seen this. Chris Brown is yes, what yes. Fifty Cent is suggesting with this this image. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he wants this as a painting in the comments in the caption. And you know, Chris Brown is really the best out here. We got out here, and. But nobody will say it, so I got to say it. Mm. Um, what's your take? Is Chris Brown the successor to the king of pop, Michael Jackson? No. <laughs> no, just flat out no. No. No debate. And I don't know why y'all keep doing this. Stop. Um, mm. Chris Brown is an amazing artist, right? Mm-hmm. When he's on stage, he be dancing like the rent is due. Yeah. His vocals have declined in recent years, but I mean, he could still hold a tune. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off, babe. Yeah. So you know how I get in these YouTube rants? Mm -hmm. YouTube, uh, not rants, YouTube rabbit rabbit holes holes where I turn into YouTube DJ. (laughs) Yes. And I'll just fire off Mm -hmm. track after track. Mm -hmm. 
and then we both in the house just vibing and yep. bopping around. That's marriage. You remember we got down a, a a very thorough Chris Brown rabbit hole. I agree. And explored some of those bops. Very good. He has tons of them. His um, catalog is deep. It, he is a hit maker. So there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. I think, though, when you... they And I think those are the reasons why people compare him to Michael Jackson. The dancing. Uh-huh. Um, the the singing, right? The you said that with so much hesitancy. <laughs> like the, the singing, because uh, that's that's what y'all be saying. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, Michael Jackson was a true international phenomenon. Uh-huh. Shut the city down when he comes through. Phenomenon. Mm. Michael Jackson can't walk. Go to Target. <laughs> Michael mm. Jackson can't show up anywhere without months of security being cleared. Okay. He is a, a global phenomenon. So while Chris Brown is extremely talented, he's a dancer, a full-on stage performer, mm. um, even an actor in yeah. some circles, he is not a global phenomenon. Is His- he globally known? Sure. Is he an a- international star? Yes. But he is not a once-in-a-generation phenomenon. Here's my thing. There will never be a time like the 90s where the peak celebrity was in the 90s. Yeah, I agree. Before the internet. The dawn of the internet age, Mm -hmm. as we, if celebrities have become more accessible, um, the, the, not the, the mystique has gone away. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the, the, like, phenom the visceral reaction people get mm-hmm. by coming across a celebrity yep. has dampened i agree uh i remember times where the idea of seeing a president oh my was jarring yeah remember back in the autograph mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. you know we lived on both sides of yes, the fence absolutely like uh like the idea of getting someone's f- autograph and yeah. seeing a celebrity was jarring right absolutely nowadays like you open your phone and the first thing you're seeing is yeah. Is a cel- is multiple celebrities, countless I celebrities. Agree. Like back in those days, um, you had to, you know, really be mysterious and mm-hmm. kind of tucked away. So then, when you did come out, it was a moment. Yeah, shut the whole city down. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not quite that. So I don't think we can necessarily make that uh, star power impact. So I submit mm-hmm. that it boils down to the technical skills and the bops. Where I would argue, Ursher has got Chris Brown beat on that regard. I from would a, agree. a catalog, a depth of catalog perspective, and for how long Usher has been blessing us, and the cultural impact of Usher. Yeah, but he's still not a. Know? He's still and not a, a Michael Jackson. I mean, when it comes down to like, for example, Michael Jackson had the iconic Super Bowl show. Mm-hmm. Um, who's selected first for next year's Super Bowl? Usher. Usher. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, see, I see the parallels more with Usher mm-hmm. than Breezy. I, I I will agree, but again, it's the global phenomenon piece for me. Okay, it's always just going to be the sheer weight that Michael Jackson had. Like I just do not know if the world is going to weep um, <laughs> the way it did when Michael Jackson dies of Usher dies. For Usher? Nah, <laughs> the world isn't weep like the entire world wept. Mm. Now, who who will the world weep for? Uh-huh. Beyonce. Oh, the world Beyonce. will weep for Beyonce, and Beyonce also is a global once in a generation 
phenomenon. Mm. The fact that you can compare Chris Brown and Usher and they came from the same era-ish, there's some overlap there, lets you know that they're not once in a lifetime. You can't compare Beyonce to anybody else. There is no other Beyonce. There's no one even close to Beyonce. She is our Michael Jackson. More than Chris Brown. More than Chris Brown and Usher. If Beyonce died... People would like literally lose it. People wouldn't go to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Children, people weeping in the streets. Mm-hmm. But Beyonce ain't had that fashion though. She she has to get some. Neither, looks did, like Michael neither Jackson did Michael Jackson. Did. Michael Jackson had a very specific look. Had a very specific a look. Right. Bring um, back those type of celebrities. <laughs> Michael like. Jackson wore the same thing to everything. Talk about a wardrobe. That man had three suits. The sheer amount of metal. Can you imagine him going through today's TSA with them jackets? <laughs> he <laughs> wouldn't be on a flight. Yeah, he could not have been there. That's a good that's a good take. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. So instead it should be the king of pop and the queen handing down the crown the crown yeah to the queen of pop yes and it's definitely beyonce there's no getting around it uh beyonce is just she is an icon mm. and there's no argument to a me global icon she's a global icon and a global phenomenon treasure, national treasure giant g-i-a-n-t yes and as well she was able to keep a lot of her mystique i think beyonce is probably going to be the last of that vestige of celebrity pre during like we were saying the dawn of the internet so mm-hmm. much of beyonce's um uh rise even if you were there for it like we were um is still a mystery by way of that like yeah. tabloids were around sure but beyonce always kept a closed camp around her mm-hmm. there ain't no negative rumors about beyonce for real we don't know who beyonce uh, we assume it's always been jay-z and that's just been her life and yeah. like we know nothing about that woman she's like the last of the superstar right because i don't know if you can have that same sort of rise now because technology is so a part of our lives and we it's expect like a requirement accessibility. this new generation yeah like requires you to be accessible exactly i don't think you can rise to fame without it anymore yeah and so she's the last of that sort of wave interesting that's like some great takes on that one yes but i am excited to see usher at the super bowl or sure he's been having a, some good years oh man we gotta catch him one of these like, we live. have to do it before it's done <laughs> Yeah. If we don't see Usher, like, no, I will weep. That I will right. weep for Usher. <laughs> I'm fragile right now. Like, I'm I fragile. Think I, we gotta, we gotta do some planning. When's his last bit in Vegas? I think he's isn't he doing stuff in Paris now? Like but yeah, we gotta to go to Paris now. Uh, maybe. Can't we? Just- <laughs> <laughs> but we gotta uh, secure that. Alrighty. Because we missed the Beyonce wave. I know your friend was catch caught oh, her in yeah. house for in all of my for all of my faves who went to go see. Um, Beyonce, love ya, hate ya, but love ya. Because <laughs> yeah. it looked like y'all had a good old time. I wasn't quick enough to it, and now I feel like I, I kind of missed, missed out. missed the wave, yeah. It's all right, though. I'm living through you guys. Yep. So, um, switching, to, <laughs> switching the topic a bit Switch here. it up, switch it um, up. Um, some time ago, I got recommended a, um, like a self-assessment type of test okay who recommended um, that to you it was at my job there was oh, like okay. this this idea of like oh there's this you know you, you there's various tests like yes. what's what's that one i forgot i already already forgot the name of the one that's like has the letters mm-hmm. like i'm a l l n f a or whatever l m f a o oh or something. Like, yeah like, like the personality the traits myers briggs the myers briggs yep, it's is like one of those well. things where you you answer a series of questions mm-hmm. and, you got it. and this one in particular is called uh 
the saboteurs test Mm -hmm. and um it's from this i guess a company or something or website called positiveintelligence.com and the intent behind it is to understand how we self-sabotage and so i'm going to read some excerpts from the site to explain what this is because ultimately we you and i both took the saboteur assessment and it was eye-opening it was and like i didn't even we were just laying in bed and greg had taken it and he was reading his off like his results and i was like oh my god i need to take mine so yeah please share with them what a saboteur is because i didn't even know when we took the test uh, before i get to this is very late this is not one of those which disney character you are on the bus oh yeah so this is like it's very exposing (laughs) and you, you you it's very raw and uh, you feel very uh, exposed at the end of this. Oh, that's true. I will say that I, this doesn't necessarily need a trigger warning. We're not going into anything that could potentially be traumatizing, I don't think. Um, but to Greg's point, yeah, I would prepare yourself that if you are going to take the test mm-hmm. to be ready to um, to process feelings. Right. But we'll, we'll provide context <laughs> to our we'll provide context after we read through what it is. All righty. And our results. But. The website goes, uh, saboteurs are the voices in your head that generate negative emotions in the way you handle life's everyday challenges. Mm -hmm. They represent automated patterns in your mind for how you think, feel, and respond. They cause all of your stress, anxiety, self-doubt, frustration, restlessness, and unhappiness. They sabotage Mm -hmm. your performance well-being and relationships Deep. so the goal here is to discover yourself your your sabotage your mm-hmm. saboteurs mm-hmm. um but they like kind of give a bit more context to this and they call they point out this aspect of your psyche i guess it is uh your judge which is the master saboteur that sits above all of the other saboteurs mm-hmm. and it's they they say that the judge is the universal saboteur that inf- afflicts everyone. Because um, cause the point of these saboteur assessments is you might have more saboteurs than, than others. Yes. Um, or more, uh, I guess, higher percentage or so of some sort mm-hmm. on one ad- saboteur than the other. Um, it, it, so going back to the judge, it is the one that beats you up repeatedly over mistakes or shortcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it warns you obsessively about future risks. Wakes you up in the middle of night worrying, gets you fixated on what is wrong with others or your life, etc. Mm-hmm. Your judge activates your other saboteurs, causing much of the stress that we mentioned, the yep. unhappiness. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think we all can relate with the idea of something in our subconscious, in our mind, in the back of our heads that's kind of like triggering yeah. some, you know, sabotage saboteurs inside of us mm-hmm. and you know it really you know boils down to all of us are on this pursuit of you know betterness or pleasure or improving our lives yeah. in some way mm-hmm. um, it's a natural thing of being human really it's yeah. having the instinct in us to pursue making things better yeah you know i think without these saboteurs you know we wouldn't be able to go to the moon or we wouldn't have running lights or the all the amazing things that we've created so mm-hmm. the saboteurs in a way that you know they have can cause damage to us and mm-hmm. our productivity and our relationships <clears throat> i think you can harness them mm-hmm. into creating beautiful things in life and fulfilled living fulfilling relationships and kind of that's the whole point yeah. of exploring who what your saboteurs are 
I agree. And let's, I think, share with everyone just the, the saboteurs in no particular order what they are. Um, so of the saboteurs, you can be um, different percentages on a scale to 10 of each of these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can be stickler, restless, avoider, victim, hypervigilant, hyperrational, hyperachiever, controller, or pleaser. Um, so those are the saboteurs that when you take the test, you will find out how much of each of those things you are. Yeah. And then the test also does a really good job of guiding you through potential reasons of why your percentages show up the way that they do. Right. Um, so that was the insightful sort of result that you get at the end of the test. Yeah. And then at the uh, and then once you get those results, they kind of talk through the muscles you can help with your mental fitness mm -hmm. now that you know your saboteurs yes so i wanted us to kind of talk through like our top two or three saboteurs mm -hmm. um and kind of give our perspective on it okay uh, and be a little vulnerable sure uh, to, to okay our, vulnerable our folks okay transparency and, uh, yeah and like and we could even probably talk about our, our low saboteurs too if we if we want yeah and i um, think too we'll also probably chat about like you know how these saboteurs show up in uh in our relationship and not necessarily our relationship like um well yeah our relationship and, and by way of that how it shows up relationally to everyone else yeah. right but our relationship because both of us are here um so but yeah let, I'm, I'm gonna give my top three saboteurs oh you're you're um, raising your hand to go first you yes. volunteers tribute so number one at a very high 8.8 .8 out of 10 yep is hyperachiever yep uh next up is stickler mm -hmm. and after that is controller so let me read the description here here i am controller accurate accurate <laughs> and accurate so controller <laughs> says anxiety-based need to take charge and control situations and people's actions to one's own will mm -hmm. high anxiety and impatience when that is not possible yep. so i have like a 6.3 on controller mm -hmm. stickler the description for stickler is perfectionism as you can imagine um and a need for order mm -hmm. and a hyperachiever is pretty straightforward like you know you you have an intense and exclusive focus yeah. on rational processing of everything oops sorry that's the wrong one uh con performance and achievement yeah uh is for self-respect and self-validation mm -hmm. um you know i agree so yeah yeah and i i've struggled with this because i i think i've e expressed this in the past i'm not sure if i've expressed this on the pod um it's one way or the other or just between you and i of yeah. like always pursuing a goal mm -hmm. and that being part of my identity mm. um and reaching goals and not even spending a moment to really like sit in the, the fact that i reached a level in my life yeah um and knowing that it's like how i'm wired i've tried to take moments to come back and like mm -hmm relax exhale mm -hmm. like it's okay you are at a point w that was once a dream that's right sit in it enjoy it and then you can focus on the future <laughs> the future goal later yeah but like take time to do that so like it's really eye-opening to see mine rated so highly yeah i i i yeah <laughs> that makes sense to me as your partner i could definitely see that and i think it's one of the things that attracted me to you I think your ambition is a beautiful thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. I found it to be something admirable. Um, you're a very don't quit person. You don't quit. Like you just, you keep going. And I think that is part of the hyperachiever. Um, so for me, you know, on the other side of it, I can see it mostly as a positive thing. Um, but I can also see that, um, you know, there it, it is dif- more difficult for you to, you know, uh, sit and smell the roses sometimes yeah. because you're always thinking of what's next. But I think, you know, in in most cases, it has served you well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, even the rest of these stick, the uh, the saboteurs, like I have stickler and mm-hmm. controller. I think like the stickler in me, mm-hmm. you know, I've harnessed that mm-hmm. to create a profession in engineering mm-hmm. where I'm like really hyper focused on details. Yeah. Um, but you know, in my personal life, I've had to kind of manage that feeling mm-hmm. and the stress that, that, that <laughs> bruise inside of me when I can't have everything perfect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was like, oh, you just gonna read me like that? Uh, <laughs> test results? Ow. Well, excuse me. And I also think too, that your, your two lower ones, the stickler that you just made it mentioned in your controller support your hyper achiever oh, yeah, right 100%. because without those two your hyper achiever you're not achieving right you like you paying yeah. attention to details has helped you succeed in your career your control of your environment and your space and your mind has allowed you to you know what i mean it all kind of flows together so again in that aspect of your life i think it has served you well and so a place of growth um, to your point, maybe the just kind of breathing a little bit more right. and being a little more relaxed and just going with the flow a bit. More. Yeah, and knowing how my saboteurs can come out and impact my relationships yeah. or impact my success. Because mm-hmm. sometimes good enough is good enough from amen. a success point yeah. of view. A- yeah, amen. You know, s- if I'm a stickler and I'm hype and I'm, f- you know, spending countless hours getting perfect items out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I may find myself missing out on opportunities mm-hmm. or being slower to strike when the iron is hot and, mm. and like trying to choose chase perfection. Yeah. And I have seen myself miss out on opportunities mm-hmm. as a result of trying to have everything sp- sparkling clean instead of focusing on the bigger picture, m- mm. which might have been like, you know, connecting with people or focus on the general growth of things like so. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's good. really um it's the saboteurs that when you learn about that and seeing that how it has benefited you and also how it has, has caused not the most ideal results in yeah. your life, mm-hmm. um, then you can start to, to hack your life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What were your uh, top three? My top three. <laughs> um, uh, so my top one is um, there. One of them is actually similar to yours, but my very top one at 7.5 is actually tied with the second one. So d- my two top, the first one is pleaser. Do you mind reading the definition, please? Pleaser. <laughs> A pleaser. Indirectly tries to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. Mm-hmm. Loses sight of own needs and becomes resentful as a result. Yeah. Okay. That's my top one. <laughs> just just <laughs> pour this crack right into wow. you. Wow. Huh? Um. Okay. Feeling exposed. Mm-hmm. Um. And tied for number two was my hyper rational. Hyper rational. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What is hyper rational? Hyper rational is the intense and exclusive focus on a rational processing of everything, including relationships. Can be perceived as uncaring, unfeeling, or intelli- intellectually arrogant. Um, for me, I think that kind of comes off as like 
wanting things to make sense. Yes, that's very much me. I don't like to live in the chaos. And then my my third one, 6.9, which is actually tied for the next one, 6.9, which is funny, are two of yours. (laughs) Hyperachiever and controller are both tied for my third. Yeah. Could you imagine (laughs) us together? We are together. Like, <laughs> could you imagine us together with our hyper, hyper achieving, controlling behind? Yeah. You know, and what we do, we make a podcast. Yeah, and we make which a we podcast. We are hyper achieving <laughs> on it, hyper controlling on. It's hilarious. When I saw that, I was like, oh, it makes sense that we work, <laughs> um, because, mm-hmm. um, I do think, and I'll get to my my top one because I want to ch- chat about that a bit. But the hyper achiever and controller in me, definitely. I do not like chaos. I do not like when things don't make sense. I like things to be orderly. I like to be able to at least think that I am um, helping my outcome. I'm contributing to a positive outcome. Yeah. Um, so that's very much me. And when that doesn't happen, I get very anxious. Um, things feel unwell to me. I just it, it's very unsettling to me to not know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, same thing with hyper rational. Yeah, I'm just a, I I'm more I'm a rational person, and I will talk you down. So I think that's another yeah. thing. Once I if I don't engage in debates often, but I think that's because I know I'll go there with you mm-hmm. <laughs> when things um um with things I like debating topics. I also think that's why me and Greg work. Like he's not afraid to dive into the nitty gritty of stuff yeah. with me, um in a very nerdy and and rabbit holey way. And so, yeah, that's definitely me. And then the top one is pleaser. Um, and pleaser is 100% me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am pleasant. I'm mm-hmm. pleasant. I'm kind to everyone. Um, everyone gets thoughtful. a chance. Thoughtful with everyone. Um, I I like to see the best in people. And I, I love hard. I want my people to do well. And as a result of that, I find myself... Um, doing a lot for for other people. Mm-hmm. It could be little things, it could be big things, but I also get a lot of joy from knowing that the people around me are happy. Yeah. Um, but the the other side of that, of course, is that I oftentimes feel uh, like the the description said, drained. Mm. Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm not seen in the effort that I'm putting into certain things. Yeah, or maybe it's not reciprocated. It's not. Re- well, I don't even know if it's reciprocation because it's not reciprocation. Is I'm looking for its recognition. Okay. I care about recognition more than I do reciprocation. I don't okay. expect people to do what I do. Yeah. Um. But, but you find that like it can drain you. Yeah, it becomes draining for me, and then like. Yeah, but I will. I am always going to be the person who shows up, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's generally a good thing. But when I it gets to a place where I'm over serving to the point where I'm not paying attention to myself, um, and that has happened before, then it's not a great thing. Yeah. And then also there's a piece of that where like when I was younger, I can even think of times where like um, being a a pleaser also means you get a lot of your validation from the recognition of other people. Mm. So if people aren't telling you. I got straight A's. Yeah. You got straight A's. Yeah. yeah. You're looking for that. I'm being a, I'm being a good kid and I'm doing this well and I'm achieving here. Look what Lex did. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you don't get that, you feel um, you feel a little bit empty, despite the fact that the talent is still there. What the you've done still is still happen, there. Yeah. If no one says anything about it, it's like, oh, you mm. know, did, is anyone not happy? They're not happy with me yeah. type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's real. It's real, real, real. And one of the things that I, I want to dive into and something we kind of touched on the subject was how that now that we are 
you know, we have very explicit words mm -hmm. for our saboteurs and yeah. the ranking of that within us. Mm -hmm. How we as a couple, yep. like, support each other, mm -hmm. knowing each other's saboteurs. Because, yeah. <clears throat> honestly, sabato these saboteurs are really instinctual aspects of us that we um that are triggers that has helped us get very far in life mm -hmm. um, but it also could sabotage you so we sometimes subconsciously don't even know we're doing them and mm -hmm. it's good to have your partner look out for you in that regard absolutely and particularly with the pleasing <clears throat> your pleasing attributes I've, I've noticed that in you yeah um uh very early on that you will you will you know, you ride a die for your people. Yeah. Like your friends, your family, you hold mm -hmm. them down. Mm -hmm. And and I find that how I can help serve you as your life partner is one, like taking care of you, like yeah. pouring into you, mm -hmm. doting over you and like, you know, kind of like uh, pampering you mm -hmm. in the sense that the way you will pamper like hosts when you're hosting, mm -hmm. you're taking care of friends and family, like you're you're a great friend and, and a great family member to your to your peoples oh, and you know you you you're really good at it <laughs> like <laughs> you will get on the phone you will yes. you will show up for people you will get on a plane like I, I i love that and admire that about you but at the same time i also want to make sure that you're not going too far mm -hmm. and i you know also i'm making sure that you're having moments to exhale and in your uh in your when you get into that mode because mm -hmm. like i could see your personality shift <laughs> and you go into overdrive and you're like taking care of people and all that so i you know sometimes it'll be as simple as oh i got this babe let me help you yeah as you're as you so you don't feel like you're doing it all by yourself mm -hmm. or take a break or i uh or i'll like you know you you go i got this mm -hmm. or because i know you will just go in 24 7 i will and yeah. um and then then you'll need to decompress after that so mm -hmm. that's one way and i love that too i and i notice it well especially when we we're doing things like hosting with other people and stuff or, or doing whatever in which i have to you know be present and do things you were so good about being like oh you, you know go, go take a break did you or, drink water yeah did you drink, did you drink water are you are okay you, are you gonna are eat? you gonna you pass out eat. you, you should, should eat you need sugar <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's good about that and it also um reminds me in those moments that oh okay br yeah breathe take a break all right. yeah and he this says that all the time know. they'll be all right yeah. <laughs> he tells me that all the time because i'm i'm constantly worried about someone else's comfort so yeah. that one is good and i think for you do you mind if i share um with you of course because it's not necessarily your top ones are the ones that i have to look out for you for your hyper achiever your stickler mm -hmm. and controller i think i provide perspective on that in terms of just you know creating space and opportunity for you yeah. to relax and be <laughs> sometimes i'd be like he just he living like let this man you know what i mean you be tell me like you know i am the definition of cry over spilled milk yes i will wail yeah and i will lose my mind yeah over spilled milk literally <laughs> when all it takes which you've taught me just you grab a paper up. towel mm -hmm. you go to the spill mm -hmm. wipe wipe done we're done with it it's okay. That's it. It's over. It's okay. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would. This is the thing about. 
because I'm such a stickler. That's like that's how my brain is wired. Yeah. But then you then you when you dive deep into why are these things, mm-hmm. everything is because of a childhood yeah. trauma. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I'm a pleaser is because potentially and confirmed, uh-huh. um, there's like a moment in time or your childhood where things were were chaotic or uncertain. And you found that being a um, a, a ray of sunshine mm-hmm. or a a, a a a person that's funny and delightful and just yeah. a, you know a calm in the storm saved you. And I'm like, right, and provided yeah. peace and solace in yeah. the storm. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was happy when things were when you were doing well. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean. That, and that and yeah, Trump was real. <laughs> Because all of mine was based off of like, you know, having chaotic upbringing mm-hmm. in the sense that like I d- couldn't control what was happening around me and mm-hmm. and me dealing with that. And it's it's just so exposed. And this is where the, the trigger warning comes in because yeah. you'll be exposed about like real stuff, and unresolved traumas mm-hmm. and habits that you develop as part as everything comes from your childhood yeah like, it's, it's very much as and it made healing me your inner child is what the goal is yeah and it makes you realize that you know who we are as people our environment matters so much in terms of the things that we learn patterns of behavior and honestly how to survive i think a lot of it is like you know you as a, a person growing into the world and and, and really trying to figure out how to survive. How do I exist as my best self in circumstances that I cannot change? Yeah. So it's usually, okay, well, I'm going to control my environment this way. Or in my case, oh, I'm just going to make sure everybody feels good. Everyone's happy, right? Everyone feels yeah. nice. And, you know, it it, it really <laughs> is eye-opening. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we as adults, as big babies, mm-hmm. have to resolve the things that happened when we were babies. Yeah. And I think this assessment is good for that but what's interesting and i think this is one thing that we should compare is that your spread of mm-hmm. your results are relatively kind of all over whereas i have like very i'm at really heavily loaded on a few saboteurs yeah but i drop a lot mm-hmm. on like victim and restless and avoid i think this is what you're alluding to yes uh, so I w- i'd like you to finish that thought oh yes about like yeah it's not greg's top that i i feel like there's ever like too much up to shoulder because again it's like providing the space for things to happen and there's not it's like everything's gonna be fine we can chill um and so i think that part of our our personalities match up well but the one that's at his very bottom so this is one that he ranked zero in zero zero like he has nothing reading (laughs) on this on this saboteur yeah and this saboteur is a victim it is his bottom so let me read this one. So victim is emotional and temperamental as a way to gain attention and affection. An extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly painful ones. Martyr streak. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so true. Like, I am never, I never think that I'm the victim. Mm-mm. And it's kind of like a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and it's, I've obviously this is a, a coping mechanism a, a, a thing that i do to feel like life is okay for myself yeah maybe that's like a subconscious thing i do is yeah. i don't act like a victim mm-hmm. so therefore i nothing bad happens to me mm-hmm. it's like a self-preservation tactic i agree this is without any therapy help this is oh yeah I'm by the way at. this is us thinking about ourselves <laughs> um but i think also it, it can be a saboteur by not having enough of it yeah And I think that's the piece where, you know, I come in as a partner and I think it's um, more just like emotional safe space, like 
you know, sometimes things will happen with Greg. And to me, it'll be like, oh, my gosh, like this, this, this may warrant this sort of reaction. And it doesn't come. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think uh, that you, honey, like sit in feelings or sit in negative feelings in particular um, or even recognize them truly in the moment when things are happening. Mm -hmm. And so while I think it, it has served you in that, again, you keep pushing, you keep going. Something doesn't happen. It's okay. We keep going. But I also think that it's healthy to recognize and sit in the fluctuations that come from life's dealings, right? Yeah. Like if something is disappointing, it's not an it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just it's disappointing. Or if someone let you down, or um, something someone said was hurtful, mm -hmm. it says nothing about you to be able to say that hurt me, or I can I'm potentially uncomfortable with that. Or allow recognize or allow myself to feel it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. to to have that feeling and to sit in it and to know that it's not a negative thing. It doesn't mean anything. There's no positive. It's just the feeling. To yeah. kind of allowing yourself right. to have those moments. Cause, because I think I've associated victimhood with a identity trait that I don't want to have. Yes. So I think, let's get, we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. I think that as, as a result of that, I don't allow myself to sit in pain and, mm -hmm. and when, when it's afflicted like negative things happen to me mm -hmm. and I immediately will go into how can things get better mm -hmm. How am I all right at the end of this? How am I still fine? Yeah. Like how like I'm still like I still have blessings mm -hmm. or whatever. I, I'm mm -hmm. good. But, um, you know, I think it can as a result, I, I, I'm going to go on a limb out here and say that I think by not allowing myself to sit in victimhood, mm -hmm. I think I'm more prone to like injustices to happen to me mm. and not really leaning into like the stickler in me will probably want to fight injustices because mm -hmm. it's just a wrong thing that happened. Yeah. But like, I think the victimhood of me could probably let more things slide. I The agree. lack of victimhood in me. Mm -hmm. I think I let more slide because I, I let things roll off my back. I agree. A little too easily, maybe. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, you know, yeah, it, I think it potentially can from an emotional standpoint for sure. Um, But yeah, and I think so for me, it's trying to, you know, because I think a lot of uh, being able to express yourself emotionally is to know, like, to your point, you won't be just for it. Not positive, not negative. It is what it is sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So creating those spaces. And I have found like just just quiet moments of perhaps I ask a question and then allowing you to process, think about it and then have the courage to tell me what you feel. Yeah. That's what it is. Sometimes it's like because. I'm more of an emotionally, I think, vocal person that, you know, at first when we started dating, I would want to talk about things that I knew were things that we should talk about. Mm -hmm. I always felt like in the beginning, like a reluctancy. I shouldn't say always, but in the beginning when we were getting to know each other, like a reluctancy. And, like, but, uh, what do you mean, reluctancy in what way? Yeah, in terms of like, you know, we wouldn't get to like the 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 not so great stuff huh. right because you don't like to sit in it which is yeah, fine yeah. like you're not going to talk about the not so great stuff um because it doesn't feel good and, mm. and i got that but then i was like you know what you can't expect for people to be ready to open their hearts the same way you did so part of loving you is creating space for you to think about it um, be able to process and recognize the feeling and then feel comfortable and have enough courage to then tell me and that is a lot 
it's that's that's a lot to do so i admire you when we do have those conversations and we go there and we grow because i recognize that it's not easy you know yeah and i and i and i that's i think that's the beautiful thing about having each other's backs yeah is that you know you'll point out that this could be a space where you can sit in it a Mm -hmm. little bit more and feel that you were wronged Mm -hmm. and because you're wronged it's not your it's not nothing against you Mm -mm. you know you're not any less than you're not you're a victim of someone else's negativity yes it's not it's not this is not a a burden for you to bear Mm -hmm. but you can just feel your feelings Mm mm-hmm yeah, and that's that's some that's some real stuff too. So it's very if you guys real, take yeah. a saboteur and you see like lows, you mm-hmm. see highs, or I think middles is kind of just good to just be aware. But yeah. like those uh, extreme are uh, very insightful. Very insightful. Yeah. And for the record, my bottom one is also um, victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg and I are similar. 8. Yeah, three point eight. So it's my 10. smaller out of ten. So maybe it's like maybe you're at like a healthy. Amount of uh, I or don't you think know. could be more a victim? I think I'm victim enough. Um, you think so? <laughs> I think I'm victim enough, but I don't like. I don't know if there's a piece of victim that like doesn't want people to think badly of you. Uh-huh. If that's a piece of it, then that's my victim. Right. I I would say we all could be a little bit more victim. Like yeah. we all could cry more. We mm-hmm. all could complain more about uh, being wronged. I think yeah. sometimes being too strong. Yeah. And like, I think there is about the beautiful, there's like finding a beautiful balance in, in that feeling mm-hmm. uh, in that saboteur is good. Oh, and I wonder, this just came to me. I wonder if there is a correlation between, um, tra- I will say traditional male ideology and socialization and female traditional female ideology and socialization that leads these to be similar for men and women if that makes sense i wonder if a lot of men have very low victim and very low maybe avoider whereas women are probably far more capable of being you know higher on victim higher on people pleaser right Mm -hmm. because of our socialization that's true cultural uh, impact because women are often taught to you know you be fixing daddy plate (laughs) you be fixing uncle them plate you know what i mean it's very people same way hyper achiever yeah is that like a thing that a lot of males have to deal with Mm -hmm. and and yeah i think you know if you know when you guys take this saboteurs and you you've dealt with the childhood trauma right uh, you've cried let us know in the comments like what uh your tops were and your your lowest if you feel comfortable of course yeah of course yeah Um, because it'd be curious to see if people can relate to the ones we had yeah um but i want to point out a couple of things that the site does point out because you know yes now that we're aware of these saboteurs yeah how do you move forward (laughs) yeah how do you move forward it's important uh, they they highlight this section there's a segment called three muscles of mental fitness Mm mm-hmm to conquer your saboteurs mm-hmm. uh, basically you need to exercise and build these three muscles one is saboteur interceptor muscle mm-hmm. basically if you're in a in, in a negative emotion for more than one second you're you can consider that to be you're in saboteur mode okay um if you interesting if, you know you label your thoughts and emotions in that moment as saboteur and let them go mm-hmm to be able to do that, you need to have studied your saboteurs mm. and discredited their, their lies and limiting their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So essentially like understanding how to identify it. That's good. The next one is called uh, your self-command muscle, mm. which is you do a 10-second, this is a, a thing called PQ reps, mm-hmm. which I did research. It ultimately means 
kind of doing a mindfulness activity, which is like take your mind immediately to focus on a part of your body, Mm -hmm. like your toes, your arms or whatever you're breathing Mm -hmm. or uh, focus on your senses Mm -hmm. like, you know, smell, sight, feel, touch, whatever. Um, and just t- spend 10 seconds and just focus on that. Right. Um, so basically, you're going to do that to activate the region where they say your sage lives. Mm. So um, every time you intercept your, sab- sa- intercept your saboteurs, do these PQ reps for 10 seconds in order to pause and choose a sage response. Okay. Um, so then the third is your sage muscle. Mm-hmm. So like basically, you know, one, two, three, one is identifying the saboteurs Mm -hmm. when you feel like you're in a negative mood for more than one second number two doing a self your self-command muscle okay doing a mindful a 10 second mindfulness thing Mm -hmm. um whether it be your senses or your your breathing and then number three is your sage muscle so your sage is the one in you that handles challenges with a clear and calm mind and positive emotions. Mm -hmm. It uses the five primary powers of empathize, explore, innovate, navigate, and activate Mm -hmm. um, to to essentially handle challenges. Mm -hmm. And once once you've activated your sage brain, um, you'll have access to those powers so that you can deal with the challenge in front of you with empathy, an exploratory mind, an innovative mind, and a mind that's aiming to navigate and an active one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now that, that you know those saboteurs, you got you can help a yourself way out. to conquer them. I love that, and yeah, because it's always important to understand how to move forward. Because um, again, we don't want to sit in the negative, the, yeah. the saboteur, for too long. So that's exciting. I love it. I yeah. love discovering something new about yourself, and then being like, "Oh, this is something to fix." But then it provides us the steps to do so, and it yeah. really is a muscle. I like the way that they describe it that way because, you know, these traits have been built within us over the years. <laughs> like decades, this, yeah. these are decades of habits and in thought processes that have gotten us to these places. And so it really is like training a muscle so you can get used to healing yourself and self-correcting in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. I like that yeah. they describe it like that. And you can look out for each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we will negotiate, like we'll define our couple standards yep. through our natural uh uh, strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. um, and establish uh, boundaries with the world through that like yeah you know if you know we know that I'm like a morning person mm-hmm. or you're a night per- or I'm a night person yeah we'll start to negotiate boundaries ar- around that and <clears throat> basically <clears throat> with us defining that collective standard mm-hmm. that collective boundaries we can look out for each other in the world like yeah. independently mm-hmm. or when we're together mm-hmm. I think that's the beautiful thing about partnership too um is just that is that like you have a home base or you have the opportunity to have a home base that is a fortress for your heart your mind and your soul Mm -hmm. so it's like when greg and i are aligned on what we want as a couple by way of our personal needs and boundaries i can then go out into the world and be able to say okay i can't do that um, because it either conflicts with something that I personally have a standard for or something that my partner does. Hence, it's an us thing. Yeah. If it's a Greg thing, it's a me thing, it's an us thing. Um, and so I think that is something to look forward to. And I I think it's important for people to have, especially if you plan on being in um, 
uh, a domestic partnership, but even friendships as well. It's like, you know, this is who we are as a unit. This is what we stand for. And for instance, if Greg's, um, you know, his his sore spot or his place that he's a little more challenged as victim, um, then perhaps we are creating boundaries around our our mental capacity, mm-hmm. our interactions with certain individuals in order to protect his emotional well-being. Um, likewise with me, um, when I'm out and about in the world doing things and Greg sees me doing too much, he's going to tell me I'm doing too much. Yeah. And he's going to provide me the emotional support that I need to say no and build right. my boundaries. And, and work with you to create boundaries around exactly. you. Exactly with people mm-hmm. to ensure that you know they're not triggering a saboteur mm-hmm. or you know they're not putting you in a space where you have to deal with mm-hmm. it um Ooh, yeah and I also, have, oh go ahead. oh go ahead i said i had i had an uh, an example because i love pay, uh, a little picture for <laughs> sure, people yeah. you think of your home base and i'm just talking y'all <laughs> but you think of your home base as like your your bank account right okay this is your bank account and you want to make sure you save your money so you can invest right mm. so you want to make sure that you limit the amount of unnecessary transactions Ooh, that come out of your bank account unnecessary <laughs> your transactions that's the name of the episode that's the name of the episode Ooh, unnecessary transactions clock them yes because audit them we have a goal (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i audit them (laughs) if we have a goal a savings goal or an investing goal if you will mental health and wellness mental health and wellness goal we have aligned on my face (laughs) y'all we need cameras are we working on it working on it um but if we have aligned on those things as a couple what our budget is what our goal is if you will Mm. Um, and we are working together to reach that goal. That means that we got to limit our unnecessary transactions. Those are emotional transactions, time transactions, physical transactions. Um, whatever is going to take away from our home base, our home bank account, mm-hmm. we need to be discussing what that transaction yeah. is. Because honestly, when we, if you go through life and these unnecessary transactions start taking out of you, you ain't gonna have no you money. You get triggered. You're you're stressed. Yeah. Your environment. You're not managing your saboteurs. Mm-hmm. And you're, you don't, haven't built that muscle to manage the flow mm. of that of that cash mm. of that uh, that mental health wellness cash yeah you'll find that and when it comes time to make a purchase for your for ones that matter you you'll be do it. you'll be depleted oh listen because that's true if our bank account is at five dollars it you know yeah <laughs> and we got yeah. 25 dollars that's going to take us to make right. this commitment you know, outside someone's of our home you out at job, someone stressing you, you know. out you're committed to something that'll overstretch you mm-hmm. or Ooh, you didn't pro- yeah yep. that's real and then you agree to that you now at negative 20 you in debt you in oh you're broke <laughs> you're in emotional debt emotional debt and <sighs> you know what by strengthening those muscles, you can work your way out of that debt. Pew, 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 pew. You can work your way out of that debt. Wow. Know? That's a word. I love That's that. That's a word. Yeah. Take that home. Lo- you yeah. know, from lovers and things. Ain't nothing else after that. We can move on to things we love. Things we love, people. Amen. Things we love. Things we love. So things we love this week is uh, centered around tools that mm-hmm. we've used and resources that we help to balance our strengths and weaknesses. Yes. And, they, and you know, maybe some things that could have helped us in our relationship or yep. our goals or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with regards to, you know, like our, the saboteurs topic. Yep. So do you have a things we love? I that, do. So uh, my thing I love is a recent thing that I love, um, but it's so, it's so timely. So one of you guys know that myself, my top one is pleaser. My self saboteur is pleaser me overextending myself 
um, seeking validation from external places, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that happens as a result of that with me is that sometimes I struggle with um, when I don't feel like I'm meeting the mark because we're having that self that pleaser combined with that hyper achiever. If I'm not meeting marks either mm. socially by way of my um, close relationships where I feel like I'm giving or, you know, achieving things. So that's probably corporate, whatever it is. Yeah. I start to feel terrible uh-huh. and I am very hard on myself. Mm. And one of the places that I'm hardest on myself is, is in my mind in terms of my like self-talk. I am not great with positive self-talk, y'all. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I am so much better with pouring into other people than I am myself. I can give you a word. If you are down and out, we're going to find a solution. I've got an encouraging word on my heart. We are going to get through it, all of that. I'm not nice to me like that Mm. at all. Um, And so one, and Greg catches it quite a bit (laughs) with when I do stuff like that. And he'll be like, why did you, why are you saying that? Like, that's not, that's not real. That's not nice. You wouldn't say that to someone you love and I wouldn't, but I say, say, don't talk to my wife that way. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, don't talk to my (laughs) wife that way. Um, And I, I've taken it to heart, but I really have to work on that because I, um, I, I find that I am, I'm filled in those ways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so when those things don't happen, I feel empty. And so, um, one of the things that I have been working on in this season of my life is, um, really full 360 self-love for Alexis and what that looks like. Because here's the thing, when I was doing research into what self-love really means, um, for, um, uh, for some people, self-love is just, oh, I like myself. But I learned through this book, which is the thing I love. Um, it is called the um, Self-Love Journal. I actually bought it, um, the Gift of Self-Love Journal. Okay. I actually bought it like two years ago randomly at like an Amazon store when I was buying Christmas gifts for somebody else. I yeah. bought it because it was like it had a brown girl on the front. So like, I'm like, okay, yeah. sounds good. And I didn't open it until like, earlier this year Mm. um, because I just didn't have the time, you know, excuses that we make not to do the work. And so I, uh, I've started working with this um, and I've learned so much through it already. Um, And it has helped me understand that, you know, their self-love is encompassing of a lot of things. It's not just, Oh, I like me. Self-love is a combination according to this book of self-confidence which is how you feel about your abilities, mm-hmm. um, your self-esteem, uh, how you feel um, in relation to other people. And then there's your self-worth, I believe. Okay. And your self-worth is like how you feel about yourself separate of all of those things. Like, yeah. are, do you feel worthy just being you? That's your self-worth. Mm-hmm. Not as it relates, like, do you feel good being you by yourself with nothing else going on? Are you happy with you? And so I found that I'm perfectly self-confident. I'm very confident in my abilities. You yeah. ain't never going to tell me I can't do what I need to do. Um, and I feel I generally feel good about how I show up in the world. Like I'm proud of who I am. But sometimes it's the self-worth piece that I have to mm-hmm. work on. Am I nice to me? Am yeah. I kind to me? Um, you are worthy. I am. I am worthy as like it's you know what I mean? Like me just existing and being is OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is what this journal has been taking me through, like understanding those things um, and then really defining for myself what self-love looks like. Self-love looks like 
um, not doubting my first gut. It looks like mm. walking into a room and and not, you know, overthinking what I'm, how I look, or you know what I mean? Yeah, All those sorts yeah. of things are the things that are going to equate me being fully in love with who I am. And I'm still in the process. Mm-hmm. But this book has been so helpful for me. And I'm not going to. What's con- it called? Uh, the, uh, uh, let me pull it back up. Chat. I didn't move. I didn't move the journal. tab, babe. Self love. The journal. Gift of Self Love, a workbook. Oh. And it is by Mary Jilikowski, um, who over the years had really struggled with an eating disorder. She was in um, fitness bikini competitions uh-huh. and, you know, came to the realization, like, no matter how good she looked, she felt like crap. Oh, wow. And the journey of why that was. Yeah. Um, and so she came um, together with this book and um, it really is a guided journal. So they'll have some excerpts from her where she shares her experience and her definitions and what have you. And then it takes you through these exercises where it asks you, like, who are you? What do you love? What makes you happy? What doesn't make you happy? Um, are you, do you feel good about yourself? How do you know? How do you get to that place? Like it's very much a mm. personal exercise workbook yeah. and I like it. I like it. So I love that. that's the thing I love and I'm working on it. Y'all yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. We'll put a link to the chat to this. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the chat. Link in the com in the caption. Yep. The description for this. Um, I have a thing I love, mm-hmm. um, you know, with my, uh, <laughs> my highest saboteurs being hyperachiever mm-hmm. and stickler and controller. I think they've, um, they've, created a lot of frustration and a bit of chaos mm. and the my pursuits um so one of the things is i've been looking at is like how do i harness those inherent traits in me mm-hmm. um and turn and lev and move them into that into those sage muscles right mm-hmm. how do i move those those that stickler inside of me into like an innovative mindset and or a, a mindset that's able to navigate the world and you know how do i leverage the hyperachiever to you know you know ensure i'm empathetic mm-hmm. and, and ex- exploring my um the th- the things that i want to pursue and yeah. and particularly with like one thing i noticed was one of the things i want to do was kind of simplify things okay not pursue everything you mm-hmm. know not be the dog chasing all the cars mm-hmm. and then when i am focused on one thing um you know, really leverage that stickler inside of me to create processes and and systems that allow me to get the best out of it and mm. not just have it me focus on nonsense. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the books that I read um, called Atomic Habits by James Clear mm-hmm. kind of just helps break down um, like big goals mm-hmm. into smaller wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can now take my focus into uh, things that I help that I that will help the bigger picture, mm-hmm. like incremental atomic changes and habits that ultimately gets me to um, basically my end goal, mm-hmm. and also focusing that end goal, simplifying that end goal. Mm, that's when important. I, and I went through a journey with this exercise. I, I've mentioned this book a few years ago. And uh, and I've been going through this journey um, for that long. Um, and essentially, I noticed that my habits were spread across a lot of different areas. Mm. Um, 
so in a sense like the habits that i was tracking and the 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 atomic aspects of myself that i was tracking yeah as a result of this book Mm -hmm. was spread across everywhere Mm. i had health fitness this uh like career side hustles like all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i was basically spread out too thin Mm. so now i've kind of taken those lessons and kind of want to focus it on one thing yeah and break one thing down into smaller pieces and be okay with not being uh the master of everything mm-hmm. and and be feeling confident in just having a season of my life mm-hmm. where i focus in on one thing yeah um and that has that has been very helpful for me mm-hmm. and i'm finding a lot of reward because i'm simplifying my life mm-hmm. and breaking things down to smaller bite-sized pieces yeah. and creating those atomic habits and then once i get those habits put into place i don't track it anymore yeah that's this because that's the stickler in me will continue to track. i get it figured out and i move on yeah um so you know whether it be a lifestyle change that i wanted to d- implement through the atomic habits uh lessons mm-hmm. of that book um once I get that lifestyle figured out, don't th- just do it. Mm-hmm. You may miss a few days, but don't track it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. get back to it. Mm-hmm. Just no, just focus on the the core, the overall trajectory that I'm on. That's um, good. So that's kind of like balancing uh, my saboteurs with my sage, mm-hmm. uh, leveraging that saboteur to to kind of create positive outcomes mm-hmm. and not negative ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and Atomic Habits has uh, helped me along that journey. I love that. Uh, so I'll link the Atomic Habits book yeah. in the show notes as mm-hmm. well uh, for you guys to check out because um, it's a it's a very insightful one, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in um, ordering ourselves in a way to get the outputs that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good one, honey. Cool. So yeah, we Woot-woot. have unraveled a lot of topics today. Oh, this is maybe our um, longest episode. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think it's a good one. Sound off in the comments. I yes. want to hear you guys' thoughts. We t- we uh, particularly if you take the saboteur yeah, test we're assessment link that too. I would love for you guys to take it. And you know, the whole goal of this is to really build trust not only in our interpersonal relationships but trust uh-huh. in ourselves yes and like feeling confident in ourselves and and living our best life at the end of the day because yeah. we only got so many days so Absolutely. why spend the days sabotaging ourselves and getting negative outcomes mm. when we could probably harness that our days to get the best outcomes for ourselves in our mental health beautiful and i'm yeah. also going to recommend too that you know if this is something that you feel safe sharing with your family and friends to share the love. I think the one thing about the lovers and things community is the same way we get excited about things and want to share them with you guys because we want you to experience them as well. Same thing with with anything else. And, and maybe you guys can have that spirit of sharing the knowledge and the love and the growth with people that you feel may be interested in your community as well. Don't keep this a secret. And you can also share the episode too. If you don't remember all the stuff we said, because honey, it was a lot. You can also just share the episode directly in your Apple um, podcast app, your Spotify app. There's usually a little box and an arrow, which is where you can share this directly in text or an Instagram all over the place. Um, but yeah, don't keep this to yourself. Share the love. It's all good stuff, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Ooh, well, we is done, honey. Yeah. Very um, good. <laughs> this was yet another episode of the Lovers and Things podcast. Yes, sir. Keep loving the things. Yeah, and love your people. It's so, so important. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.